Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. How is everyone? Good? Y'all aren't like on the backside of this evening feeling like all tired and, and glazed over, are you? Because I can't deal with that. Like, my last name's Casa Grande, but my journalism teacher in high school said it should have been Boca Grande because I'm a loud mouth, lit, larger-than-life type of person. You know why? Because I love what God has done in my life, and if I can't get excited about Jesus and who he is and who he has been for me, then what can I get excited about? So here's the thing. If y'all, this is what you got to know about me. I come from a little, like, a different place. Like, mentally, I'm always in a different place. I also have crazy ADHD. So, like, that smoke that just went off in the back behind me, and I heard that little, like, that, like, threw me off and could take me on a 20-minute rabbit trail. I'm looking at you, guy. So, so all, you got to know that I have ADHD, so squirrels a lot. And then, uh, two, um, like, I, I, I feed off of you guys. Like, if you're getting it, like, it's cool to be like, Amen. If you don't want to say that because that's corny ch- church talk, like say I or like say word or like say yep. Like if, if everybody, if we could just practice right now, y'all can say yep. Say yep. Can y'all do that? Yep. Let me hear it. Yep. All right. So that'll be the word. I have never had anybody ever say yep before, like as I've preached or any of that. But if you can point and say yep this week, I would appreciate that because that'll, that'll make me feel like, all right, we're getting it. We're getting it. Yep. That's new. I might have to take that back to the church. I like that. So check this out. My name's Luke Casagrande. As I said, I am a youth pastor just above Baltimore in Timonium, Maryland. Anybody heard of that? It sounds like plutonium. It is nuclear. All right. So then um, I also have a wife and two kids. We got a picture of that? Yeah, that's them right there. That's my little man, Andrew. Um, He's got swagger. Um, and then he gets it from his mom, as you can see. That's my beautiful wife, Kelly. She's incredible. And then my daughter, Maddie, she's four. Um, she's like, what are y'all doing? And how have I been stuck with this family? She's kind of given that, like, this is what I have to look forward to for the next 14 years of my life until I get out and go to college. So, And I'm like, yeah, and be grateful. Or, I don't know, we'll give you away or something. Um, I'm a savage. What can I say? So before I move into our topic, what we're going to be talking about tonight, um, I'm just so blessed and privileged to be here with you um, because speaking to youth and being with youth is like my favorite thing because I love how real y'all can get and I love honest questions and I just feel like God has something so deep for us to experience together this weekend and I'm not counting him out on, like, what he's going to do and how he's going to speak to you. Even, even, even for some of you who are like, man, he just feels so far away. And it, my relationship with God, like, it just doesn't feel close. And I know a lot of people are saying a whole lot of things about how good he is, but my life doesn't represent that truth right now. And I'm just letting you know, like, we're in such a safe space together, and this is going to be so good because my hope is that God has something very, very tangible um, something that you can, you can grip with your heart and with your mind to say, man, he, he really does love me. 
So that's, that's my hope for us together. But before we get into that place, because that just went deep real quick, um, I would like to give you an opportunity to get to know a little bit more of me. So um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask me five questions, five questions about my life, just so we can break the ice a little bit more. So anybody out there who has a question about me, um, go ahead. My man right here. What's your name? Zachary. All right, Zachary. That's your brother? Oh, awesome. What's your name? Natalie. Okay, cool. Zachary, what's the question? Where did I go to college? Liberty. Liberty of flames. Liberty flames. Yeah, right. Liberty. Yeah, that was, I know. Yeah, duh, like you. What's your name? Ava. What is it? What state was I born in? Maryland. I was born in Maryland. My man right here. What's your name? Sam. Sam. Zachary, Ava, Sam. How did I get saved? What? What? Okay. Um, In a nutshell, I'll share more later. In a nutshell, um, guys was in the deepest, darkest hole um, in my life, giving myself to all sorts of crazy habits, addictions, toxic relationships, and I was in a state that was just so unhealthy and so far from God, and my mom, I met my mom on a layover flight, so she was on a layover to New York from the south, she had a layover in Baltimore, and she was like, I'd love to see you, I haven't seen you in like over a year, you know, and so I was like, all right, I'll come see you, and in that place, I was not in my right mind, there were like different chemicals that I had been giving myself to, and I was not, you know, who, who she brought into this world. I was not her little boy in that, that moment, and, um, but I remember going to that airport, Sam, and my mom came out of the terminal, and she's a praying lady, man. She loves Jesus, and she's coming through that terminal, and uh, she just has her arms wide open, and, and do y'all know, like, our parents, like, know, like, they know when you're, like, hiding something or got something undercover or, like, you're giving it. They've got, like, that mom sense, that, like, sixth sense, like, something's off. And you know by the way that they look at you that they know something's off. But, like, my mom, she had, like, that look, but, like, still that unconditional love. And I just saw the arms of Jesus. Just, like, that's my son. Like, he's a mess, but I love him so much. And so, like, I hugged my mom, and she's, like, a little lady, and I kind of, like, hugged her around her head and, like, you know. And then right after that meeting, it was early in the morning, um, she was like, what are you doing today? And I was like, I'm going to church. So I went to church, and I gave my life fully to Jesus at that church, um, 2008, um, August. And so that, and from there, it was like God just expediting a crazy work and, um, and she, he introduced me to my beautiful wife who you saw there and kids and purpose and all that. So thanks for asking. Yes, Natalie. I love football. What kind of sport do I like? Football and um, powerlifting. So if that's a sport. Um, I love those two sports. I'm not saying I can do either one of those, but I do love that. I, I do appreciate that. All right, last one. My man. What's your name? Jesse. All right. Lacrosse and football. What sport did I play in high school? Lacrosse and football, and we were the best. Uh, 
until I moved to North Carolina, and then we were the worst. So um, when I played for the Faustin Cougars, any? No. Okay, I played for the Faustin Cougars. We were the best at football and lacrosse. Then I moved to North Carolina to a team that was 2A, hadn't won, like, a championship in, like, 40 years, and they didn't do any better when I got there. So that was that. All right, we're good. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to pray for us real quick, and then I'd like to step into the theme and the text of this weekend and like to see what God has to say about it tonight because we got like four opportunities together. And so we're just going to kind of scratch the surface tonight, and we're going to go on a journey together. And where we land on Sunday I think is going to be a really special thing. So um, we're in this together, and it's going to be really sweet. So um, let me pray for you and myself and uh, what God's going to do here tonight. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for the privilege, the honor, the opportunity to be here with all these young people. And Father, we're here because we desire to see more of you, to experience more of you, to know more about you and who you are, and ultimately to experience um, your love in deeper ways. And Father, I just pray um, for the one, Lord, the, the one in this room who's been looking for a long time, and they're, they might have their doubts, but they're open, and they're waiting. And so, Father God, I pray that you would use this time and use this word to just reveal more about who you are in this time for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So we have this scripture that we're going to be focusing on as the theme for our weekend together. And the scripture comes from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4. And this is, this is what this scripture says. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and a release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. That is quite a job description. Did you see all those things, all the things that this person is going to do? It says to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So as we see this text, and if you are a note taker, or you have your Bible, or if you just want to remember this, just it's Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4. And these themes that we'll be focusing on is the sovereignty of the Lord and then one who comforts all who mourns, beauty instead of ashes, and a display of his splendor. That's why those things are highlighted. So as we go through this weekend together, we're going to focus on those key points. So tonight, we're just going to talk about the sovereignty of God, what it means that God is sovereign. And so if we, if we look at this text, that there is this prophecy from this prophet Isaiah who, who writes this, and he's, he's talking about the one who is to come, that, that the Messiah will come and will meet this criteria for what he will do for, 
humanity, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord will be on this person. And this prophecy is spoke about 600 years before Jesus ever came. But it's, it's telling Israel, hey, there is one who's coming. There's one who you can place your hope in. And if you go through the list of all the reasons why Israel needed this person, like it's pretty clear that they needed someone to deliver them from their oppression, someone to bring them comfort in a place of loss, a, a person who could bring life when they're experiencing such darkness in their in where they were in that time and so uh, Isaiah has this word that's been given to him from the Lord and he say hey there's one and the spirit of the sovereign Lord is going to be on him it's going to be draped on him he's going to be covered in the spirit of God and that spirit is going to be working through him and he's going to bring light in dark places he's going to bring joy where there's sadness he's going to bring comfort where there's mourning he's going to bring prosperity where there's poverty like there he's going to bring a hope to this nation, a hope to his people for the display of God's splendor. It means that everything that he has, because his spirit, because he's drenched in my spirit, everything he has to bring is going to point to my glory. How much I love you, how much I care for you, how much I'm mindful of you individually not just as this huge collective nation that was true too like God's mindful of all of us in here collectively but he's also mindful of you individually like Sam he knows your name Zachary he knows you he he formed you in your mother's womb he knows your innermost being he knit you together same for you Natalie he knows you deeply and intimately and he's saying one's coming because because he's he's mindful of you you are his people and so there's one who's coming when you find yourself in that place of mourning when you find like all that's around you is ash and dust he's the one that's going to raise you up he's going to resurrect your life and the one that they're talking about is Jesus but before we get into all that and throughout this weekend, what does it mean that God is sovereign? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. If you think about this, this word sovereignty, if we just break it down, it's super easy. The meaning that, that the Lord is sovereign just means that he has all authority. That, that God has all authority. And you're like, well, what a, a simple thought. That, okay, he's all authoritative because we call him God, so he has the last word on everything. Yeah, but what's amazing about that and profound about that is that the one that we call sovereign is, is, is God. And the reason why we call him that is because without him, none of us would even exist. That, that the beautiful stars that shine outside of this door, I was looking at how bright the stars were, and I was like, man, this feels like a planetarium. I, I felt like I, I could have just plucked one of those stars from the sky, and I would have held a diamond, and I would have put that thing in a ring and threw it on some bling from my, wife is, my wife's hand. That thing was shining brilliantly. And I'm, I was sitting there like blown away because when I see the stars like that, I just go, wow. Like if that doesn't point to how beautiful our creator is, I don't know what does. And those are just stars. Like glowing balls of gas just like combusting out in the solar system. And they're amazing and incredible. But how much more complex are ones that he created like you and me? 
It's incredible how God, with a word, it says that he spoke and there was light. And that he created the heavens and the earth with a word and all things came from him. And if you took a look at the Grand Canyon or the falls at Niagara, you'd say, wow, like what a God because it's beautiful. And he's creative and with his word he spoke and everything that came into being came into being because he spoke it and he willed it. And that's why we can say he also has all authority. Because when we create something, when God creates something, it means that he rules over it. It's his. Nobody else gets credit. Nobody else gets to... uh, Uh, impose on his creation and say yeah this is mine it's in creation and it's it's come into being because he willed it because it was a part of his plan because he allowed for that to exist and so he has the last word the one who had the word from the beginning also maintains the word at the end he has all authority can someone say yup I like it all authority. He's an all authoritative father. And, I, and I, I cringe sometimes when I think about that word authority because I'm so rebellious. Like I'm rebellious in nature. I don't like to keep the rules. Anybody like that in here? Just kind of a rule breaker. Any rule keepers in here? People who are like, yeah, I play by the rules. Everything has to be just so in line according to alphabetical order by last name. Like, anybody like that rule follower? Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not some bully who can't wait to just be like, nerd. I don't, I don't know. I'm a rule breaker. I'm rebellious. And not because I'm just, re- it's just the way that I'm wired. I like to push boundaries. It's just the way that I am. I felt like Jesus was that way. He broke a lot of rules. And so, when I think about authority, I kind of go, ew. Um, but like I think because in our context, we can have such like a, a, like a bad taste in our mouth when it comes to authority because we don't like to be ruled. We, we don't like to be ru- ruled. We don't like to be told what to do. All you have to do is go on Facebook or Instagram or whatever a gram and just see the rants from people who are way older than you who think Facebook is still cool. Because I was told that that stuff is so five years ago. I digress. But you go on that and you see just like the outrage, right? There's so much outrage. There's so much outrage. And nobody wants to be put in the box. And everyone has something to say about the boundary and the line and how we, we should be able to be free to be who we are and how we've been created to be because that's me that sounded like a rap, but that's me, and so I get to be me, and this is what this means to me, and so don't put me in a box. We can be rebellious in nature, but as I think about that word authority as a father, like, I love my kids, man. Like, I'm the type of dad who just wants so badly to be on my kids' level, like just eye to eye so they know that they matter. That I'm not like too big, too tall, too strong, or too bold to, to know that like when they're freaking out because their cookie fell on the floor and got a little bit of dirt on it and now they can't have it. 
that I won't be able to empathize with that. And like that, that is such a small minute thing to somebody who's much older. But to them, like that was their world that just like hit. And I don't want to be like, hey, just like just suck it up. Like it's a cookie. Like I love cookies. Like I feel a sense of loss when they hit the ground. You know? But more than that, when they skid their knee, when they fall off their bike, when they smack their face on a coffee table after I've told them a thousand times not to run around it or play tag in the house. I want to be the dad who has authority and is in their life to bring correction and to be able to see beyond where they are in the moment to let them know, hey, you're not making the best decision right now, but also when they experience that loss, to be the type of dad that says, hey, like as the authority in your life, I'm also willing to get down on your level and just let you know how much I love you, how much I care for you, and I know it hurts, but it's going to be okay because daddy's here. And when we think about the authority of God, his authority tastes like that, feels like that. And we have this thought about some angry guy in the sky who can't wait to just crack the whip and he's just laughing as his creation falls apart. Like God's heart breaks when our heart breaks. Like Jesus cried over Israel, over Jerusalem. And he said, how long? How long? How long until you're going you're gonna to return to me? How long until you're going to get it that I'm here for you? I'm the type of father that gets down and enters into your brokenness and sees you. How long? How long until you realize that I'm the God that gets down and, and sees you eye to eye and gets on your level and longs to embrace you, longs to have you hear my voice that you might return to me as you're so far off, giving yourself to so many things and the world is tearing you apart and I'm the type of dad that says I love you I love you I created you I'm here for you and I want you my kids I want you to experience me when you're going through significant loss when when things are crumbling when your parents say divorce I want you to know that your daddy is here I want you to know that, that I have the last word. I'm going to work in this. And I know it feels like your world is falling apart, but I'm working in this and I'm with you in this. And if it feels like I'm not working on any of your circumstances around you, just at least know this. I want to work with you, on you. Experience my authority in a way that says I'm providing a path for you through this mess. Like when my kids run away from me and they can't hear my voice and I know it's not going to end well because I know about the black ice on the end of the driveway. And for some reason, after it just sleeted and it's seven degrees outside, my son wants to ride his bike. And so he gets on before I can even get out the door and he's zipped down the driveway and I'm trying to call out, but he's got his earmuffs on. He can't hear me. And then all of a sudden, crash and fall, skin his elbow. And then he hops off and he wants to just sprint with everything he has, tears falling out of his face to say, Daddy, I'm hurting. And for me to say, Come here, I love you. Not, why'd you run out of the house like that? Didn't you know you should have heard my voice? Didn't you hear me calling after you? What's the matter with you? Don't you know it's snowing outside? Where's your jacket? 
That's not the God we serve. The God we serve is the one who calls after you. When you're going down a road that you may not, you shouldn't be going down. And he's calling after you, but you're so focused on what you're going after that you can't hear him. And, and, and he's the kind of God that like his heart breaks as he sees you run because he knows that there's something at the end there that's going to catch your, that's going to catch you and it's going to, it's going to hurt you and you're going to fall and it's going to feel like things are really painful in that moment. And as he's, as you're going and as you're experiencing, he's not the one who sees you do that and then turns his back and walks away so we can say, I told you so. He's the one that stands with open, arms open wide to say, come back to me. Let me embrace you. I'm here for you, and I know it hurts. It's the sovereignty of God that is waiting for his entire creation to turn their eye, to turn their hearts to him as he's waiting, saying, I'm here. I love you so much. And you've been a part of my first word. You've experienced that, my first word in the beginning, and I want you to be a part of my final word with me because I have all authority. And when I am able to say, I told you so, I don't want it to be a word of shame and guilt into your life. I want it to be, I told you so because I love having you with me. I told you this is where you belong. I told you how long do I wait for you to be embraced by my arms? How long? I told you I'd be here for you. I told you I'm crazy about you. In the last word, that's the sovereignty of God. All authority. He has a will. His will is being exacted. It was his will for us to be here in this room right now. He willed it for us to be together. And I know, guys, sometimes that can be a very confusing thought that, that, that what God wills happens. Because so much of what is described in this chapter and verse of Isaiah has so much to do with so much negativity that exists in our world. And there's so many great attributes about who God is and what he promises to be in these cha this chapter, in these verses. But there's so, many there's so many things about the truth of where they were that don't sound so great. And they describe me in so many ways when I first had Jesus find me in that place, like words like, this is right from Isaiah 61, poor, brokenhearted, captives, prisoners of darkness, mourners, destined for ash, and in despair. And I don't have to look too far beyond my own youth and my own ministry. And I don't have to look too far for me to land on words like illness and death. The things that they're experiencing that, that work in tandem with these sort of descriptive words that come from Isaiah 61. It exists. And so if God has all authority, like why so bad? Why so broken this world? Why does this all exist? Why is this my reality? If God's so in control, if God's so loving, why this? Sometimes it doesn't really add up. And 
I don't think I had to go too far and reach too far for me to have landed on pretty much every person in this room who has dealt with an emotion or a circumstance like that at some point in their life. And maybe even for several and many of you in this room, you're going through that right now. Wrestling with that right now. Like you didn't come to RVR in winter meltdown and that stuff just went away. It's very real and it's very tangible and it's a part of your story right now. And if not right now, in your past, and if not right now, I promise you at some point in your future. So what I know is true about fires and hardship is if you're either in one, coming out of one, or headed toward one, that's life. And God is saying, I had the first word, I have the last word, and everything that's going on in your life and in the world around you in between is all in accordance with my will because outside of my will, nothing happens. And we might be a people right now who are saying why and how. And here's the thing, guys. Like tonight, here's what I know about our culture and our society. We just want to like happy you out of your discomfort. Like just, just be happy. Like make a choice. Get beyond it. What do you want to hug? Here's a popsicle. Like, we just, like, my kid, you want some ice cream? Yeah, that'll make me happy. Like, I'm bleeding, but yes, a popsicle. No, like, we want to ignore stuff. And if this stuff is really real, then, like, my goal tonight isn't to, like, happy you or reassure you out of what you're feeling, what you're going through, and what you're experiencing. That's not the goal tonight. The goal tonight is to acquaint you deeply with the hard place you're in. Like, we have to be acquainted with the tough stuff, the sin we might be giving ourselves to, the decisions that are just muffling our ears and our heart toward the call of God. Don't do that. Don't go there. It's pulling you away. Don't give yourself to that. I'm right here. I'm all you need, and we're going with our ears covered. I'm not hearing you, God. This is what I want. Or, or it might be a circumstance that you're drowning in. That, that maybe you've even ignored, like, no, nah, it's not really happening. It doesn't really have any implications on me and who I am and how I process who I am. Like, but I know the Lord is our, acquainting our heart with something right now in this place. And we don't have to run from it. We don't have to run from it. And tomorrow and into this weekend, I feel like, I believe strongly that God will have some answers and he will bring reassurance and there is hope right now why because God has the final word his word is good and strong and unshakable and full of grace and full of love and he created you he knows you he's mindful of you and he's got you I know those things are true so I'm not here to solve it for you. And I also know we've got three more meetings together to work through it. 
Okay? Somebody say, yup. Yup. Can I pray for you? Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I just I thank you for this time, Lord. Father, you are sovereign. All authority is yours. You're in control. You had the first word from the beginning. You have the last word in the end. And Father, everything in between works according to your will. And even in the midst of you creating the heavens and the earth, you also created us. The group of us, the whole of us, but also the individual. You know every hair on our head. You are mindful of us. You know our name. And you call us yours. Father, I pray for just an amazing acquaintance with your love this weekend. And as we are together, I pray for encouragement toward one another. I pray for deep listening, deep prayers, a deep move of your spirit in this place. We're seeking you, Lord, with everything. Meet us where we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.